0: Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-wing two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. Hey guys, this is Shay, and thanks for tuning in today. I'm really excited uh, about today's interview. Uh, I'm actually out here in Redding, California. I've been out here hanging out with my Iris Global family, and just super excited to see what God's doing at Bethel and see what God's doing with Iris Global. And I love that they sit next door to each other, and on this campus. And so today I'm here with a new friend named haley i actually ran across haley uh, through bethel um, i've had friends come through as a bssm students, so i've heard her name here and there and then finally i got to hear through bethel tv uh, and my whole house literally will watch her when she speaks because we just believe that there is something that is so beautiful that she is carrying in the lord that our generation um, needs to hear and I think it's it's just a yeah it's a delight to meet you first Thank of you. all and to have you on um, but so this is Haley Braun and she is. are you a director of BSSM second year associate overseer I've got a yeah that's probably you the best five title million so hats. yeah
1: associate overseers I hope okay. over, oversee second <laughs> okay. year school yeah. ministry
0: yeah and she's also a wife and a mom Yeah, and she wears all the hats so we're just gonna ask her to impart all of the hats to us with grace yeah, right. Um, so yeah, you're from South Africa. Yes, which makes my heart so happy because I love South Africa. Me too. Uh, and we just won the Rugby World Cup. So uh, sorry and to you stayed up late. But, oh, I did. <laughs> I,
1: well, it. I woke up at five in the morning, three in the morning, three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Then I preached. After it was done, two hours later, I was speaking at a women's conference in the morning and night. So. Maybe not the greatest life choice, but really in the grand scheme of things, it was a great choice. But it was worth it.
0: (laughs) There you go. So, yeah, but I wanted to just like have her on and share uh, kind of the theme of what it looks like to follow Jesus in the 21st century, which is, as we all know from the last last few episodes, is a huge topic to take on. But I love it because the Lord just directs it wherever it needs to go. Uh, And so I would love to just open it up and um, just share if obviously there's been things burning in your own heart, as you've shared about cultural things that we're experiencing uh, at this time and the amount of, um, you know, like, yeah, ads and all these things that we're constantly seeing constantly being essentially programmed subconsciously to pay attention to. Um I loved I love, would love for you to talk about that. Also one of my favorite messages by you is about heaven's pace versus cultural pace. And I th- I think that was one reason I was like I need her on here. Wow. Um because it is you are sharing the upside down kingdom and you're embracing the tension to talk about it and I don't feel like lots of people do. Wow. So yeah, um start wherever you want to. Right. Um and we'll just flow cuz that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I think the you know one thing that
1: i'm recognizing more and more is that the greatest commodity that is being traded right now is our attention it's it's the the greatest commodity traded on the planet you can stock exchange all of that like the thing that the world is hungry for is our attention instagram is creating all sorts of different um systems so it's facebook they've got all different algorithms that are figuring out what we're looking at why we're looking at it and when to get us to look at adverts the most there's the you know it's like um and we could think that that's evil, but at the same time, it, it's actually something we as Christians have to be aware of. Sure. That, um, if we're going to be in the world and not of the world, like we need wisdom and discernment to even know how do we, how do we actually move in a way that actually attracts attention to the name of Jesus, which is right. ultimate freedom. Right. Um. I mean, you know, and obviously culture right now is like, your truth is the truth, and uh, that is probably the most captive like it's the thing that actually makes most captives um we think it's freedom but it's actually it's it's what puts us into captivity is thinking that the way that we think right. is ultimately going to liberate us because uh, we are incredibly limited and right we're not designed to serve ourselves and so yeah just culturally right now we're in a really interesting and yeah i think i think it's quite beautiful because i think we're seeing greater freedom on the planet than we've ever seen before in right. terms of you know it's, I mean, you get you got me talking all up. Like, <laughs> 1945 was the end of World War II. Pre 1945, the world—if you think of psychology—the world had never been able to think of dreams, desires, emotional health. They were just trying to survive. I mean, right. we hadn't—we had not been out of war for a significant period of time. So
0: that's crazy to think about. Like, to really think like our generation hasn't experienced the things that they were experiencing. So we actually have ability to dream and to you know handle life in a different way like i love that you're talking about it because even she said it on sunday night and i was like oh, it's so real like oh my gosh that's wild to think about
1: yeah like even our the generation that raised us were raised by people who had been part mm-hmm. of war and so so crazy. so a lot of people are critical of like why did my parents ever talk about their feelings why i'm like because well, feelings didn't factor in and so we are hyper um connected to our feelings right now but the problem is is our feelings are not supposed to be lived under submission of us but under submission of the holy spirit it's so good and um and so when feelings i think when feelings start leading culture it's like my four-year-old driving my car and you know for a long time we just throw the four-year-old in the trunk and you pull you open the trunk and your feelings are freaking out but i think like there's a place for our hearts and our emotions and that's strapped in a booster seat in the back and, uh, right. our emotions can say they want McDonald's, ha- they want a Happy Meal today and I factor that in as I'm driving my car. I factor in what my son's saying. He totally has a voice in our life. He totally has right. his, the way that he wants things to go has a voice but ultimately as the parent I make the choice and I think that our emotions need to like need to factor in our lives. We need to have our hearts speak, our hearts connected right. to the Lord but ultimately our spirit connected to the Holy Spirit is actually making the ultimate choice of where our car is going and being navigated. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think we're we're seeing people land in
0: ditches because they've got oh, their feelings driving their car. Right. It's so true. What would you say to, because, I mean, like, a good part of all of this is self-awareness, self-care, this whole movement of totally. self-love. Because it's a, it's a real piece. But I think we're... Like, even you you personally, how do you navigate, okay, this, I'm self-aware, I'm, this is self-love, I'm ta- making sure I'm taking care of my heart, uh, things like that, but how do you go, okay, this is too much, like, now it's turned into self-absorption, yeah, and it's so, like, what would you, yeah, self-worship, which is even more convicting, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what it can be, and how would you, or even with your students, how do you kind of navigate, like, it's a beautiful thing, like, to to kind of go into the past and go okay god is there places that need healing i remember one time god told me like don't go to the past unless i'm present like don't just go to the past just to go to the past only go if i'm leading because then there's resolve there's healing uh what how do you navigate that um how do what do you tell people like um like because there is that place right like like you said emotions need to be in the backseat buckled up right but so where's that like oh this is going on but it's in submission to this
1: yeah so i think i think there's a lie that culture believes which is that somehow if we love god it means we'll lose ourselves and that lies connected to Ah. how we see god yeah so we somehow think that god is more self-absorbed than he is loving towards us but when you look at the Bible, God's affection and devotion is to his children. And that is ultimately expressed through Jesus dying. Right. Like Jesus laid down his life so that we could exactly. live. Galatians five one, it was for freedom that Christ set right. us free. This feeling of like Jesus Jesus' affection, like for the joy set before him. The joy was our liberation. The joy was our connection mm-hmm. to him. And somehow we start believing that when I give my devotion and connection to God, He's going to control me. And right. He's not going to have my best at heart. And I think actually loving myself is loving the one who paid it all for me. That's so good. And when I actually seek to serve and devote my life to the one who made me, who laid down for me, who who literally shed His blood so I could be washed clean, right. then, like, then He's going to make sure that I'm taken care of. Right. <laughs> and so I think it's this concept of no one else is watching out for me. So I got to watch out. So you got to
0: watch out for your own.
1: And actually, Woo. if I look at the Bible, it's like Galatians 5, one. it was for freedom. 5.13, now use your freedom to serve, serve one another God. in love. Mm. And it, if we're in a, you know, in a perfect world, then we're all seeking to serve each other in love. And so my needs are ultimately going to get met because the focus of all the people around me is to serve others. And so, but instead we we freak out and we go, I gotta take care of myself. I gotta and, and I obviously I, I totally believe in like you gotta rest, you got this this right. thought that, that God wants to use us. I'm like God is not abusive in nature. He doesn't so good. He doesn't just shove yeah, us on a shelf for not, a time that's right. useful. He he wants to partner with us. And it's these things that have to change in our minds towards who God is to us, what his grace means in our life and what it enables us to do right um because he's not looking for a object he's looking for a partner for a friend for a lover for a, yeah, yeah. yeah for a, a child and um and so um am yeah i love the thought of self-love uh i hate the thought of self-love right um and so i'm like because i at bat i'm i know that god loves me yep. and so therefore I have to allow His love to come in. And when I allow His love to come in, I I don't think about self so much because I'm sufficient. I'm enough. I'm feeling complete and full and whole. You know, I was listening to this beautiful song by Maverick City called Refiner. Mm -hmm. And um, Steph sings, burn me beautiful, burn me lovely, burn me righteous, burn me holy. And she sings it with a smile on her face. And I was like, oh, you don't sing that with a smile on your face unless you understand the nature of God and who you are in the equation with His grace. Otherwise, you're singing and striving, like, be beautiful. Like you're like, right. you're trying to get there instead of actually understanding, oh, when your fire touches my life, mm. yes, I'm consumed, but I'm not destroyed. Right. I'm actually, what is left is eternal. Right. So when your fire comes in, like everything melts away except that which is eternal, which is actually me
0: coming to the fullness of life. Oh, so that's. No, it's so good. It's. It, I mean, I think of the fiery furnace because, I mean, he was in there with them. Like, and they're in the fire. And I'm like, okay, if it's about him and if it's about, okay, the fire coming, the love coming, that it's always going to be giving yourself. It leads to giving oneself. It has to because that's his heart. He gave himself for us. And so when we're full of love or full of fire, it's going to lead to action totally. somehow of giving oneself away and I think it's beautiful, like that people are so like, I, like you. I love the way you said. I love self love and I hate self love because it is both, <laughs> and there's this tension of you do need to rest and all these things, but at the same time, it has to be unto giving yourself. Like I think, yeah. Oh, it's totally. So, it's so good. It's uh, it's. I, I think it's the thing that people need to hear because I think we can either be one extreme or the other. It's like no I'm all of this or I'm all of this and truthfully it is both and it's living in the tension of both of yes we want you to take care of yourself yes you know we don't want you to burn out but it has to be unto giving giving it away again to be filled up again totally. yeah I'm just seeing
1: more and more like the concept of vulnerability and actual deep relationships are starting to kind of trickle out of society and um, I think it's got all to do with this fact that we have permission to be self-absorbed. And, um, like, I, I was just thinking the other day, I was like, you know, it's so weird. People feel incredibly free to post pictures of themselves mm-hmm. constantly. Like, there are pictures Selfies of humans. galore. Yeah, and it's like, you know, there were days when you'd have to go to photographer and get photos, and then you'd have to have the courage to pull out the book. <laughs> and show the person sitting in your living room, yeah. or or pull out your digital camera, you know, and scroll through. It's so true. Like there there was this like, and that wasn't long ago. That was no. like fifteen years ago mm-hmm. maximum. Like mm-hmm. I got Facebook in two thousand and eight, so we're talking eleven years ago. So I'm like, pre two thousand and eight, to show someone a picture of yourself would actually require vulnerability. I would have to choose who I'm showing to. I would have to take the courage to actually pull that thing out wow. and then be like, Would you look at me? Do you know what I mean? And it's and it and it would either work out for you or the person would be like, Wow, oh, that's kinda weird. You know, right. like and,
0: and you don't know the risk. And
1: now we're just throwing ourselves out mm. everywhere and there's no vulnerability required, which actually means there's no intimacy happening. Right. And oh, so man. you know, the, the life cycle of relationship is excitement, disappointment and then growth and a lot of times because we haven't actually moved through vulnerability we don't know how to overcome disappointment with people because all of our well, not all a lot of our relationships right. are on a screen are pseudo don't require m- me coming forward right. and so i th- i think this is me verbally processing but i think our generations walking around unknown and mm-hmm. so they're so focused on themselves because they feel so deficient and they're like walking around just feeling totally unknown which means they don't feel loved and so they're finding their identity in their feelings instead of in healthy relationships instead of in in you know challenge i i said to our class on tuesday i'm like covenant actually requires the shedding of blood and many of us don't want pain in our relationships the minute the minute we get cut it's like well you know what you're just not like it's boundary just not, you know, yeah it's a boundary and i'm like well that's actually not a boundary that's <laughs> called like disconnection like any functional healthy intimate relationship that you are going, going to is, have pain yeah. and i think more than anything else right now in culture we have to talk about how do i handle pain that yeah. leads me to growth we we with so much numbing so much availability mm. to disconnect that people are like yeah they're just disconnected from how to actually move through pain. And you see it with the Lord
0: too. Like I'm feeling pain, God, you failed me. Or it's true. I was gonna say it translates to our relationship with God because as soon as we're like, yeah, he's good, he's good. And then it's like cut pain. You're like, I'm out, I'm out. Like I'm out. This isn't the God they told me about this. They said you were good. They said this, that, and the other. And it's like, it translates spiritually. And it is, man, what you're talking about is so needed just like talking about pain and then I think be, I think it brings up the self thing the self love all of that it leads us to driving the bus with our emotions and our pain and it's like we use and I love boundaries I'm not saying oh, this is yeah I'm like I'm not anti-boundaries but we do it for self-protection and, and you know like safety and it's our control mechanism now it's like no I'm hurt totally. bye like I don't I'm out you hurt me boundaries actually show an appropriate way
1: to love each other Mm -hmm. so when I actually so just because we're not intimate friends let's say we're acquaintances actually when we have that healthy boundary it actually allows me to love you to the fullness that I'm able to and it allows you to receive right so it's like if I'm if I'm hoping to be your best friend but you want me to be your acquaintance and you're like yeah we're not going to hang out five (laughs) times a week and right um but once I get over the pain of that actually every interaction we have it's no longer causing me pain because because right. we're smiling you're saying hi you're giving me a hug we're not having deep conversations but once i've settled that oh this is who we are to each other i'm actually now instead of constantly feeling pain from you i'm actually receiving what you can give me that's good cause you are still giving me something and so a lot of us view boundaries as keeping people out but actually it's a you know if i don't have boundaries then my kids aren't getting the love they need right because because the people I'm ministering to are. And even though it hurts a little bit initially, when people get they're like, oh, I'm your student, not your daughter <laughs> all of a sudden they're receiving from me as a leader and I can actually pour into them in the appropriate way. Right. That they actually get their needs met from me, but then my children are getting a mom. Right. And it's and so, yeah, I actually think boundaries when the thought is how do I love you appropriately and and you can receive the best of me i actually think they they can be really healthy Life just giving sure getting over the pain of i didn't i didn't make it to the place that i really wanted to right but ultimately you know god supply i mean this is obviously this you could preach for this for about three hours but god ultimately <laughs> supplies You're all our like, needs.
0: episode seven <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. but this is what i teach right. so uh um, right. me and my best friend melissa casey we teach a seven-week class all on emotional health and right because i'm I, yeah, I think it's very needed. Pain and process. Those are two things that right. we...
0: And I think that's it's also, I think, too, it's realizing that we actually grow the most there. Like, we grow the most in tension, but we finding people flee from tension. Like, I'm out. Like, this hurt too much. I'm out. But the truth is, if you were to just stay in, you would grow. The, whatever relationship it was more would understand. grow. But it takes two. It takes more than one. But even in our relationship with God, it translates. It's like if you stay in, like you're going to grow. Like the fruit will grow. But it's staying in.
1: Trials produce perseverance. Mm -hmm. Perseverance, proven faith, proven faith, hope that will never be disappointed. I'm like, oh, but we got to stick in through perseverance (laughs) to proven faith. Proven faith, you know, hope that's never. So it's like those are three steps to get to hope. And they're not like awesome, awesome, awesome. (laughs) No. Suck, suck. (laughs) Oh, it's getting
0: better. You're like, finally. <laughs> Thank you. I'm there.
1: <laughs> finally. My, okay. My son, the other day, he kicked his sister. So I've got a four-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl. And he kicked his sister and uh, felt no remorse. You know, actually was smiling. And I, I uh, asked him to go go think about it on the bench in the bathroom. Uh, I was like, hey, you need to go think about that. And uh, I walk into the bathroom and he tells me, Oh, Mom, I didn't like you putting me on the bench. It made me feel sad. And, uh... In culture that feels really like valid like oh I shouldn't have put you on the bed. and I'm like oh buddy listen I I'm not actually here to make you feel happy the problem was mm. you didn't feel sad when you kicked your sister so I'm creating the feeling you need to feel when right. you kick your sister like the feeling you should feel of remorse sadness conviction when you kick someone was not present so I'm gonna help you feel the feeling you should feel right so that you connect hurting people with discomfort Because if I'm going to raise you to be the mighty man that you Mm. are called to be, you cannot feel good about hurting people. And I think in society sometimes we, God, God corrects us. And listen, I don't, God doesn't send sickness. God doesn't send plagues. God doesn't, I don't believe. But I, I do know that God allows us sometimes to walk through things That we have sometimes created ourselves the world like we walk through things and the Lord is teaching us in that moment, and He's teaching us this is the appropriate response to this. This is an that's a really hard concept when we think of God and goodness, but in parenting, all of a sudden it makes sense to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can't walk around kicking people and feeling great about that.
0: Like that says something's off.
1: (laughs) And and I think sometimes the Lord, you know, sometimes we have a dream, a desire in our heart that's like. I want to be a worship leader and and all of a sudden it's not happening it's not and I'm like and you're gifted and you got all that and I'm like lean in in the moment to the hiddenness to the right to into those places because God is teaching you something that you're gonna use one day on a platform and and God knows sometimes throwing us up there before we ready will crush us oh man and we've seen I mean we've mm-hmm. seen it happen and I just feel like this adverse like feeling towards discipline Hebrews 12 says that do not avoid the discipline of the Lord, because it means you are legitimate children. And and I, I can even feel discomfort as I talk about right. that. When we talk about discipline, we're like, oh. And I'm like, I know no. there's that. Mm. Okay. But it says that discipline leads right. us to peaceful righteousness. Mm. We actually discipline produces peace and righteousness in our life. And punishment wants to correct an outward action. Punishment says you're bad because you did something bad. Right. Discipline says no, you're way too awesome. To be kicking your sister, the, the call of God in your life is way too amazing for you wow. to feel good about that. Yeah, and so I'm gonna tell you, you need to feel bad about that because of where you're going and where you're heading. This can't actually be in your life because I believe too much in you to right. allow that to stay.
0: Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I could talk for five <laughs> hours. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's no. I love it. There's it. It's so good. It's really so good. I. Um, If you can share a little bit, just because I listened to the sermon, but just like about heaven's pace, I think Mm -hmm. it's something... We live in this cultural tension of go, 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 do, do, do. And get it done, get it done. And I'll be the first to say I'm driven. And all my friends are probably like, yes, she is. I love it. But also knowing that balance of like, no, like this is heaven's pace right now. But it won't last forever because I can't run like this for a long, long time. And then heaven's pace switches to, okay beside the quiet waters (laughs) for like for you know I would love for if you could just share just whatever God has on your heart in regards to that because I feel like just like your way of sharing that was just so beautiful and I think so applicable Mm. to this day and age
1: you know one thing I think is so interesting people don't preach powerfully about things they haven't struggled with (laughs) so I'm like you can teach what you know but you can impart what you've lived and um and I'm like so for me I am like, I like to run. I like to run hard. I'd run through a wall if you allowed me to. Yep. <laughs> I totally would prefer to disregard my feelings and just pretend they don't exist because they yep. make me feel weak and silly and slow. Um, but... Uh, I feel the same way. <laughs> so I'm like, and I think anyone that's, that feels born to change the world is has some a drive in them. I don't, right. You don't without that. So I'm like, so... Just to say, you know, often we we speak on things and it feels like, oh, you've got such good revelation. like, oh, because I've run and hit so many walls Walls and and (laughs) been through viral fatigue. I had mono and shingles at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've just been through crazy things because I I want to run at my pace. And so the Lord began to teach me through gardening about the pace of heaven. And uh, I was planting butternut squash and I would stick a little seed in the ground. And here's the thing about planting. You have to plant in the right season. I just try to pl- plant some butternut squash hoping that i would get some but i was pl- I planted too late and oh, okay. the soil doesn't get warm enough in in november so i ain't getting any sprouts why because there are certain conditions for things to grow and uh, and we right now in society we're so disconnected from the process of growth you know you used to i'd have to grow butternuts you'd be growing zucchinis and then we'd come together and we'd figure out how much is one butternut squash worth for how many zucchinis mm-hmm. and we'd be and we'd be bartering, but I could only give you what I'd grown. Nowadays, we don't even have cash anymore, so we're so disconnected even from how much money we right. have. We have a little plastic card. We want a butternut squash. We walk into Trader Joe's, and and when they're not there, we're like, "What is going on with Trader <laughs> Joe's? Like, who thinks about seasons?" We're like, "You should have what I want all the time." All the time. Strawberries grow in summer and winter if you're in Mexico in a greenhouse. Do you know what I mean? We're so, right. we're so disconnected from natural cycle and what is in the natural is actually speaks of the invisible mm. and um you know we just we transactional we just want to swipe our card you can swipe your card when you've got nothing on it you can just have minus numbers on a screen that say you have minus this in your card and we're so disconnected right. from what that means and so the lord began to talk to me about how hayley everything has a pace and mm-hmm. um i was walking along a r- the sacramento river and he goes hayley when the river is full it flows faster than when it's empty and he was talking about there are seasons in life where you are full and you flow fast but Haley, when you start emptying you have to change the way that you walk and the way that you move and um he's like you have you have production in mind and I have process in mind and he's like you're always trying to think of what you can produce and I'm and I'm wanting to walk with you and and it was just this I started realizing God values the journey yeah as much if not more than the outcome (laughs) and um as you start growing things and seeing, I'm, I'm just growing this vegetable garden, and I, and I do sourdough bread, so it takes time, takes like 24 hours to oh, wow. get a loaf, because it's, it's, you have to ferment, and there's little bacteria, and you, there's specific ways to do it, and you have to fold. And the Lord just took me to a season where he was teaching me to slow down and connect to process. And as I did, I began to realize how many things I was trying to rush in my life, because Ooh. I wanted to produce. And I was so used to transactional culture Mm -hmm. and transactional with the Lord. Like I showed up with my credit card and I was hoping I could just buy that thing. And he was like, no, no, I want to grow this in you. And you know, the process of growth requires the right conditions, the right. So when it's cold out, you aren't seeing a ton of seeds sprout. You know, if you're in a winter season, you're dropping your leaves and the Lord is working on setting deep roots for the next season. And you don't ever have winter wind shows up and trees fall down like winter mm-hmm. is a time and and because we're so production oriented it's like we're looking at people in the season of summer and we're comparing ourselves and we're and we're trying to pop out fruit as best as we can you know <laughs> right. we're trying to stick it out like no, go we go must make a peach, peach 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 you know <laughs> and and the lord is like no this is a season and if you don't and he's asking us to yield to the seasons what he's breathing on and so um I, I actually so I, t- I take time sometimes to go God what season am I in and 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 I'll see a tree in winter and fall in spring and I'll actually go okay God so how does that mean I move? how do I move in the season what does what does hitting the mark look like in the mm. season some of us have measuring sticks from previous seasons right and the Lord is not measuring us by the thing that we were measured in previously and so good and just like we have but we have to live to dialogue with the Lord. I think that's something that's missing a little bit. We feel like God tells us what to do and we just do it. And I'm like, actually ask him, how do I stand? Uh, we just went through the hardest season of my life for the last two years. We were kind of coming out of it. And I said to the Lord, like, I said, Lord, I need breakthrough. And he said, you need to learn to stand. And I'm like, but I want breakthrough. You're the God of breakthrough. And he's like, hey, I want you to stand. And I knew breakthrough wasn't coming right then. Mm. And I was like, Lord, if you need me to stand, then I need to know who you're going to be to me. And he was like, hey, I'll be your shield. And so I was like, God, I, I can only stand if you're my shield because I cannot shield myself and stand. And um, I went through about six months of like, I would feel stuff coming at me and I'm like, God, you are my shield. And I would read Psalms about God being our shield right. and our covering and him hemming us in behind And I'm like, you know, God wants to beat you what you need for your season. And um, he, he wants to engage with us in a way that actually we move he doesn't just abandon us go oh you're just going to stand peace out i'll be there at the finish line he's like see you at the end he's like no i'm with you in this marathon and i'm going to be to you you know you have those pace runners in marathons Mm -hmm. and i'm like no i'll be to you Mm -hmm. what you need but we need god to be our pace keeper in those seasons and we need to feel free to ask him questions on god how do i do this who are you to me god I, i need a shield right now right will you cover me will you protect me and um thankfully we've moved through that season and i feel like i'm starting to feel like what it feels like to run again yeah but then again when you start running you can't carry a water bottle the same way when you're walking <laughs> so then i know i'm learning have to throw stuff off you, right. you wear a jacket when you're when you're walking you start running it's hot and i can film in a season now where the lord's like you'll throw that thing off and i'm like oh but it was so comfortable and right. you gotta let go of that thing and i'm like but you know how am I, I going to be sustained? I'm throwing giving my water bottle away. Who's going to give me a drink? And he's saying, "I will be
0: living water to you now." You know, so it's right. Hmm. I love it because it. I mean, it is. It's so it's real life. I mean, it's life. What we're talking about is, mm-hmm. it is. This is walking with Jesus. Like this is. It's every season, and you can even have seasons that feel the same as a season that felt that you walked through already, and it's completely different. And it's like, oh, wait, because you're not the same. I'm not the same. And it's like, that's that whole dialogue with him of what is this? Who are you to me in this season? What are you teaching me in this season? Like, how am I? What's my lean look like? Is it I'm standing for breakthrough or is it I'm I'm, you're just my shield. And, you know, there's been so many seasons, even myself, where it's like you're my defender and you're not telling me to defend myself. As much as the driven, loud person in me is like, I have something to say. I have something to say, and you're like, "Let me defend you." And it's so, and that is walking with Jesus. And that was back then, and it's still now. And it just slightly looks different outwardly of what we're walking versus the disciples. But the truth is, is it's all the same. And he cared more about the hearts of the disciples more than the the productivity you know we can i think it's one thing because we read about the disciples lives and it's like we see their fruit because we see their life played out we see the book of acts happen and peter was greatly used you know used even though he denied jesus like but it's like we're yet to see all of our fruit right but it's like we're in the middle of all of that process you know and at the end of joshua i was talking with one of my pastors that
1: um i meet with and and she, we're talking about Joshua, and at the end of Joshua, it says, "And Joshua did did great things, but there was still yet much land to be obtained, something like that. There was still like, and I'm like, how many times do we <laughs> think it's our job to subdue it all? Ooh. And we think it's our job to get it all done <laughs> uh-huh. when actually we're just a piece. Do our part, <laughs> and and it's like. I think that's. I think that is what drives burnout in mm-hmm. the world, especially in ministry, is that we think it's our job to go from beginning to end, instead of actually just playing our part. And you know, unfortunately, sometimes even we create the people dependent on us to totally. feed our ego, to feed our our need to feel like we're being useful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so instead of just playing our role, we create a dependence on us because we think we need to get people from beginning to end. To end. When God is the keeper you know and and as you're even talking I was thinking like this is surrender like we Mm -hmm. but it's surrender and dependence is again it's a it's counter cultural like be independent I'm an independent woman you know I am an independent woman but when I am independent of the Lord of my community I'm actually that is when I'm Mm -hmm. most vulnerable to attack and and actually the Lord is like surrender is counter cultural but it is the thing that will save your life and we look at the bible i don't know why we look at it like this but we look sometimes we look at it like we see the triumphs of those men and women in the bible right but i'm like have you read the stories like have you actually read (laughs) and then have you read the new testament where paul over and over again is talking about our inadequacy right not uh, second corinthians 3 not that we're adequate in ourselves Mm -hmm. but we are dependent on the spirit which gives life therefore we preach boldly i'm paraphrasing That's that's like verse 8 or something but i'm like I'm like, you literally can go through the Bible and dependence is actually like required to live a supernatural Supernatural life. life. And we're trying to hit the mark Mm -hmm. in ourselves. And that's actually where I think our pace gets too fast is when we we disconnect from the peace of surrender and we connect into self-dependence. And so then it's all on us to produce. It's all on us to see our dreams come true. It's all on us to steward our prophetic words When actually we're just supposed to do our part and God wants to do the rest. Right.
0: And it is. It's that whole in in our weakness. He is great. He's strong. Not beside our weakness. In it. In it. And it's not just staring at it. Like, oh, there's that weakness. It's like, no, I'm embracing this. Like, I'm weak. I can't do all this. This is bigger than me. I do this. see, See this thing about me. And then we say, now use it. Now be strong in it. But it's like we're so... We so are like, no, I can do this. I'm like, you know, and it's that tension and it's that whole, like you jump into independence and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not like, I'm interdependent on him. It, it's so good because it's, it's hard. It's like weakness is our superpower that we don't want to embrace. Like we don't want to embrace it. I don't want it, like we're taught, whether it's through commercials, it's all it, the world, shame, all of it to be strong. To not show our feelings, to not be emotional, to to be like, nope, I have it all together. I have my world under control. And the truth is, we don't. We lay it down. Even the parts that are good, I surrender those parts. And I say, I am yours once again today, picking up my cross daily and saying, here I go.
1: And God doesn't just tolerate our weakness. He inhabits it with his throne. He actually sets up his throne in the midst of our weakness and says, here I am king and allow me to rule in this place. Uh, When I was um, pastoring and I had a waiting list of 30 people, it was April, I wasn't gonna get to meet with them all. Lying in bed, I couldn't fall asleep. It was midnight and I'm like, God, I need help with my schedule. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fit these people in. And he said to me, Haley, will you let me hold you? And I was like, no, no, no. It's the can't. last thing. Why would you fix my schedule? Then we can talk about being held. And it's like me and my marriage, like we're having a discussion. I'm like, don't touch me till we figure it out. And my husband was like, can you just hold my hand so I can feel a little bit better about this? I'm, I'm just like, I'm just kind of fiery. But uh, and the Lord said, Haley, will you let me hold you? And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I have a 30 person waiting list. We have three weeks of school. I can't do this. And he was like, will you? And I literally like stiff as a board just was like fine okay and and he's like, he's like you have to relax and I'm like how do I relax like I didn't even you're an invisible God holding me you so strange you know and this is, this is me and the Lord honestly and he's, laughing, and he's laughing at me and I eventually was like I just tried to relax the and I fell asleep immediately and for the next year and a half the Lord was teaching me about how to be held, mm. and um, I have it on my computer. Like to be most effective this year, is to allow God to hold you and be at peace, and so, and yeah. that is not my natural. That is not that is like the opposite of my natural. Being held, I'm like, hey, just give me a sword, I'll fight something, you know, and um,
0: <laughs> like I'll do warfare,
1: <laughs> and it it was so painful and so uncomfortable, and yet it led me. It mm. I was about to walk into the hardest season of my life, and the Lord had taught me how to be held. And how to be still, and how to be at peace. And um, I didn't walk through the hardest season of my life in perfection by any means, but I began to learn about how beautiful my weakness was to Him. It was actually an offering. It was a fragrance. It was a sacrifice for to Him, and and He inhabited it, and He He is showing His glory. And He told me last year, um, He said, Haley, I did it. He said, I said, God, did You allow me to like? Why did You allow me to be emptied? And He said, Haley. I would never let you be emptied unless it was to fill you with my glory wow and i knew in that moment he didn't allow the circumstances to 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 happen but in his beauty and in his grace in those horrible circumstances that were against his will he was going to use them to fill me with his glory and um and so yeah i just even if anyone's listening right now and that is where you are i just want to tell you like you have not been brought to be emptied like uh, like to be put to shame Mm -hmm. But the Lord is going to use what the enemy sought to put you to shame to actually fill you with his glory. And um, I think like us turning our face towards him and away from the circumstance saying, God, you're going to fill me with your glory. God, come and fill me with your glory. God, use this. It begins to invite his presence, his rejoicing, his his holiness into circumstances Mm -hmm. that the enemy sought to rob us of. I just feel like even right now, there's just a supernatural grace for you just to receive yeah. um, His infilling and His indwelling in your place of weakness, in your brokenness. Yeah. He's not waiting for you to fix it. He's actually coming to inhabit you and fill
0: you, and you will transform you. So good. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's so good. I was going to say pray, but I feel like you just did. <laughs>
1: well, oh, I can pray yeah. once more. No, yeah. Yeah. So, uh,
0: yeah, I would love to just have you pray hey, over Jesus. everybody who's listening and ha- honestly, just however... The Lord leads you, however yeah. He leads you to pray.
1: Hey, <laughs> yeah. The Lord has been showing me He's bringing alignment to His body and alignment with truth. And so, Lord, we just invite Jesus. Your left and right hand yeah. to come in. Your right hand of authority to secure us up, to sure us up. And and God, we just invite mm. the angelic to come yes. with you, God, right now, and to bring divine alignment, God, to things that have wow that have been misaligned by lies. I just see some people have been attacked, especially in your mind, there's been a a cloud of confusion and heaviness. um, And that's been the assault of the enemy. And I just see the Lord breaking the confusion off right Mm. now as he brings alignment with the truth. And it's the truth that he loves you, that he is for you, that no weapon formed against you can remain, that he who spoke over you will be faithful to see it Mm. into completion. Just as the rain that falls on the earth does not return, back to the heavens void it actually returns back filled with promise for for a new reign is the word of god over your life it's going to return to god full of promise and yes. god we just we just thank you lord that you are faithful even when we're faithless that you remain faithful to us that that those that are listening that felt like they've lost their faith that they would hear mm. this that god is still faithful to you and that he is coming to you right now hey to meet with you to touch you to to come and inhabit you Uh, where you have felt disconnected. So God, we just release right now your presence. We release your fire, God. We release an infilling, God, to every person listening. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that it would not be done by our own efforts, but by your grace, God, that you would activate in us, Lord. You would activate in us the things, Lord, that are lying dormant. And God, I just pray for a, a fresh infilling of glory, God, uh, that, that there would just be an increase on every life of those who are listening, God. Just a fresh filling of your presence and your love and, and incredible purpose. I see the Lord releasing purpose that comes with that grace. So Jesus, we just invite you to come. Jesus, we just mm-hmm. declare dependence on you. God, we need you. We are not adequate in ourselves. Praise God. We are not adequate in (laughs) ourselves. That it's not up to us, God, but it's actually all by your grace. Yeah, so God, we just make an exchange for any lies, Lord, that have inhibited us, that have put us out of joint, Lord. God, we just just submit those to you and we receive the truth of who you are right now. God, just release the truth of who you are. In Hebrews 12, so strengthen up the feeble knees so that they will not be put out of joint. Mm. Strengthen them up, God. Strengthen them up, God. Because we have come to Mount Zion, (laughs) to to the mountain of praise, to where you stand, God, to where angels are gathered in assembly, to the blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, that speaks over us life and life in abundance.
0: Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen Amen. So good I'm like I'm feeling it I'm feeling it in this room right now Um, I want to ask you this fun question Um, Just ask everybody um, But in this season particularly of your life Because I'm sure it would be a different answer In any other season Uh, If there would be three people Dead, alive, obviously Jesus, Holy Spirit God are present um, Who are the three people You'd want to have at one table Mm. So um, the first would be Nelson Mandela so, he
1: uh, was the first president mm-hmm. after apartheid fell in South Africa and walked through a crazy reconciliation and forgiveness that allowed me to experience a lot of the freedom that we do, especially in South Africa. And I would love to have him there. He's a hero of mine. Um, and uh, yeah, many reasons I could talk about. And then uh, <laughs> my grandmother, she passed away when I was 15, her name's June Wills. And uh, I have my grandmother there, a mighty lover of Jesus. That's awesome um, And speaks closer So her and Nelson Mandela Can at least talk to each other As well in closer And me a little bit And then I'd have Earl Johnson Who's uh, Bill Johnson's dad Ah uh, So Earl is Yeah Bill Johnson who leads The Bethel movement It's his father I would want
0: Earl At the table I've got lots of questions
1: for Earl Yeah but, uh, I think
0: that's awesome Yeah That's awesome What would be one of the topics She'd want to talk about With all these people
1: Um One of
0: many I'm sure Hope Hope,
1: restoration, and uh, following the Lord's voice to bring cultural change. I love that. That's the... awesome.
0: I love your answers. I want to be at the table, so I'm going to pull myself up at the table just because I can. Yeah, I mean, it's your podcast. And and there you you it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But was well, thank you so much you. for um, coming on and just sharing with us. Um, it was amazing. I feel refreshed, honestly. I'm like, this is so good for me. If this was just for thank me, you, Jesus. although we know it wasn't. Um, so, thank you everyone for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm going to put um, Haley's social media stuff uh, also on here so you can go follow her. Um, if you ever get to Reading, do whatever you can to come hang out with her and glean from her because she's um, awesome and the God in you is awesome. Thank you. And thank you so much thank for you. sharing. All right. Well, wherever you are, have a great day. <laughs>